Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 16. A good servant of Christ Jesus. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save your, both yourself and your hearers. Here ends today's reading. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of faith that you continue to give to us, Father. And uh, Lord, we thank you for this community of believers that we can gather together in your name and celebrate who you are and what you're continuing to doing through us. Father, I pray that you continue to be with us as we reflect on your word today in First Timothy, that you will continue to open our hearts and minds to receive you as Lord and Savior. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. So today, we, like I said, we are starting in a new sermon series called Operation Refresh. Last week, we had a chance to finish out our Life Together series by actually doing Life Together at Pastor Josh's last week by doing our Acts Group Sunday, right? It's a place for us to be able to get plugged into different groups, a way for us to be able to do life together that reflects Christ. And for those of you guys that were online, you guys got a chance to hear a little bit of a message from Pastor Josh in this transition as we go into Operation Refresh. And part of this sermon series, Operation Refresh, is over the next few weeks, over the next couple of months, our goal is to help relaunch ministries and opportunities to be able to help foster discipleship and community, right? And we want to be able to take a chance to renew our minds on what's important. Everybody knows that in the past 18 months, it's kind of been hard to uh, transition with so many different changes. And so what we want to do is be able to click on that refresh button, right, to be able to refresh and reprioritize what it means for us to be able to live like Christ, in this community, in our homes, in our churches, throughout our ministries. And so today, we're going to be talking about Operation Refresh and refreshing our spirituality. And we're going to take it from 1 Timothy, and we're just going to kind of give a, a little bit of an overall context of 1 Timothy, because the book of 1 Timothy is actually not a book that's written by Timothy. It's actually Paul that is writing specifically to Timothy, Right? Just like how Paul wrote to, uh, the, to the Ephesians, right, the church in Ephesus, or to Colossae, the church in Colossae, those books were written by Paul writing specifically to those people. But now he's really trying to focus in on who he's writing to, and he's focusing on writing to Timothy specifically. And this is a couple years before Paul unfortunately gets arrested and he gets killed um, by the Roman government. He actually gets beheaded uh, for preaching the gospel. So this is one of his last letters that he is writing to uh, Timothy. And 2 Timothy is like 
where he's writing pretty much on his, like, on death row, right? So there's a purpose for this letter that he's writing to, right? Paul is passing on his leadership to Timothy to be able to take the charge and lead the church in Ephesus. Now, one of the things that we have to understand about Ephesus is that we've heard this city before, right? Ephesus is in Asia Minor, uh, which is modern-day Turkey today, and it was a huge city. And for those of us that know about huge cities, like places like uh, New York City or Los Angeles or San Francisco or even Austin, where there are huge cities, there's, there's a lot of culture, right? There's a lot of vibrant culture, different people groups coming together, celebrating, being able to uh, have jobs and being able to thrive economically. But when it comes to different people groups and it comes to different uh, peoples together in a large city, there's a lot of different religion that happens, right? In the city of Ephesus, uh, they worshiped this goddess Artemis. And actually, it was uh, helpful for their economic government um, to be able to thrive in this way because people would bring stuff to the temple and they'd sell things through the temple in order to make money, which would then help the Roman government as a whole, right? So Paul planted a church in Ephesus knowing that there was such a huge need for the gospel to be shared in the, in Ephesus, right? And he didn't just plant a church like, like starting with a big building. He started with house churches, right? People that gathered in different houses that believed in the name of Jesus as he shared about the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? And Paul thought it was so important because of this rich culture and history and, and other religions and magic practices and different cults coming together that he actually spent most of his ministry in Ephesus, in fact, he stayed there for two years, and every single day he would be teaching. Teaching every single day for two years. Paul spent most of his time in Ephesus because it was such a large city with a lot of culture within its culture, right? Large influence. And one of the things that he was doing is he was finally passing his leadership down to Timothy to help cultivate the church that was established in Ephesus. I mean, this is a big deal, Right? Paul had invested two years of his life getting to know the people, getting to love the people, getting to teach them, getting to walk with them, writing letters to them. And now he's passing on his, his baby, essentially, right, to this guy, Timothy. But, but Timothy wasn't just like a random person, right? Timothy was known as a spiritual son to Paul, right? He actually loved him. He cared about him and wanted to walk with him, wanted to be able to share the gospel with him. He was family, right? And so what Paul was doing was he was leaving a legacy behind for Timothy to pick up and run with. And so all throughout this letter, what you see is Paul's instructions for how to best revive the city, how to be effective in the advancement of the gospel throughout this church. There, there were some different things, different doctrines, different uh, hearings about um, who Jesus was going on through the churches that were false. And so Paul wanted to be able to instill in Timothy this knowledge to be able to share and love the people in Ephesus during that time, right? And it makes me think of what does it mean for us to have a legacy? What does it mean for us to have a legacy as we talk about passing on our leadership, passing on the faith to other people? And I have this quote from uh, Hamilton. I have to throw it in because I do love Hamilton, as you guys know. Uh, but it says this. It says, legacy, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden that you never get to see. You see, in a few years after this letter, Paul is going to die and he'll never realize the impact that he's had on the wider, a wider church that has spread through Asia Minor, that spread throughout the entire world, that a little less than 2,000 years later, we're still here today because Paul was able to share the message of the gospel to not only Jews, but also to Gentiles, right? But, but what was Paul's legacy? 
As we think back to Paul's legacy, I don't think Paul would have said his legacy was the things that he taught for two years straight in Ephesus, or or the amount of churches that he planted all throughout Asia Minor, or about the different doctrines and different policies and different government rules that were going on during that time in Ephesus. I think if we were to take a step back and look at Paul's legacy, I think part of his legacy, maybe not the whole thing, was that Timothy was Paul's legacy. Timothy was the seed that Paul plants that he never watches grow. And it made me think about, as we talk about this Operation Refresh in our spirituality, in our, in our life, in our life with Jesus, in our life with other people, in our communities, in our ministries, that legacy is more concerned about the who than the what. Legacy is more concerned about the who than the what. And as I was thinking through this, I think there's something that we struggle with in American Christianity and in America as a whole, that that we are more concerned with the future of the what than the future of the who. I mean, think about the past 18 months that we've gone through. Think about the what's that we've gone through and had conversations about in our culture. Masks versus freedom, right? How, How we express our bodies, whether it's through talking about abortion, body positivity, policies and rules that we should follow and not follow. Money and security, right? Talking about social media, uh, whether it's things, Bitcoin, right? <laughs> Cyber, uh, cryptocurrency, right? The language that we use to talk with people about, that people get offended or people revisiting things that people have said in the past and cancel culture has kind of come up into our culture. I mean, think about the conversations that you've had with somebody about any one of these topics. Think about some of the arguments that you've seen maybe on Facebook. Unfortunately, what happens is that these conversations are more transactional, right? It's us trying to convince somebody to believe something that they don't believe in, right? Or it's us trying to get our point across without listening and hearing what other people have to say and engaging in those conversations. And I'm not saying these things are not important. I'm saying these things are important, but, but our legacy sometimes, we try to focus on the what than the who. And oftentimes our conversations become transactional, not transformational. And all that to say, I, if things change, but the people don't, then nothing has changed. If we go through this Operation Refresh and we change all of our ministries, we, we launch Axe Groups, we start doing Pubology, we start doing all these different things, we change our rules and masks uh, on policies and all these different things, and people's hearts haven't changed and nothing has changed ultimately. And, and over and over again, what we see is we see this being played out in the scriptures as well. When the people of Israel moved out of Egypt as they were being enslaved and they go into the wilderness, they, they wanted a theodicy where they wanted God as their king instead of Pharaoh, right? And so they wanted to change their policy of how they wanted to structure things, and God was going to be over them, and yet their hearts were still far away from God. The, the problems were still there. And then as you get into the book of Judges, they were like, no, we want 12 people to be over us, to judge us over Israel. And again, more of those problems started coming up. And then they moved from the Judges, and they're like, no, 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 we just want one king, one person to rule over us. 
And that was fine for a little bit, right? David was a good guy, most, mostly, right? And then these other kings started coming up, and more problems started to arise. They started following after false gods. They started losing battles to foreign nations. And eventually, they ended up being enslaved to these foreign occupations. And again, these idols kept coming up. These problems still kept coming up. And then eventually, as you enter into the New Testament, you have Roman occupation over all of Israel. And even when things are going really well, and and Roman government is making their money, and things are going really well financially for them, the, the problems are still there because there's still idolatry. They're still following after false gods. They're still doing whatever they think is best for them rather than what God has for their purpose. You see, if things change, but the people don't, then nothing has changed. God says, these people, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so for us, as we think about legacy, as we think about this Operation Refresh, the question is not, what is our legacy at Acts Church Leander, but rather, who is our legacy through Acts Church Leander? Because the reality is this. I'm just going to be real. It's going to sound really morbid, but Acts Church Leander will not last forever, right? is not the the ultimate church of the kingdom of God, right? And we've seen other churches, unfortunately, uh, called down. 207 Sunny Drive will not be here any longer. Well, not, eventually, these walls will no longer be standing, right? They won't stand forever, right, Tanner? Tanner's planning to burn this building down. He hates it. (laughs) But the reality is, is that even when these walls come down, that the church of Jesus will still continue to stand, right? And and the legacy of Christ will continue to move on through the hearts of people. You see, Paul left a legacy through Timothy. So, So this morning, I want you to think about what will your legacy look like? What will your legacy look like as you pour into your kids? What will it look like when you pour into your families? or people at your job, or your friends, or your faith as you continue to serve through your church. Because I think Paul is encouraging us, and Timothy specifically, to be about what the people after us will remember us by, right? Because we as the church do not represent a what, but a who. And unfortunately, the world sees the church as just a what. But it says this in 1 Timothy 4.10. It says, But we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Our hope is not set on different policies, on different ways that we do things, on different ministries, on specific denominations, but our hope is set on the living God that reigns over all things. And then Paul says this in verses 11 to 14. He says, So command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have. You know, one of the things I really love that we do here at Acts Church, and we just did it last week, is that we give our Bibles to pre-K and to third graders. 
And one of the awesome things that Terry does is that she encourages families to, to look at their kids in the eye and say, I, I love you, and I want to read Scripture with you. I, I care about your faith. In fact, I want to be able to be committed to sharing that faith with you on a regular basis. I want to instill the legacy that was poured out to me through the people that loved me and cared for me because they had their hopes set on the living God. And I want you to have that legacy of understanding who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Our example and our witness is anchored to this hope in the living God. And so refreshing our faith in Christ redirects us to the faith that we continue to pass on to others. And then this chapter ends with this. It says, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that they may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Acts, we have an awesome opportunity to be able to live a life that reflects Christ, to be able to do life together. And as we think about the seeds that we plant whether in our kids, to our friends, to our families, what will our legacy be as we continue to share the faith of the living hope of God? I invite you guys to pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for your word that continues to bear fruit in this church. Father, we thank you so much for all the things that you've given to us so that we might be able to pass that on. Because, Lord, we know that the things that you give to us are not our own. But you invite us to be good stewards of it so that we might pass on the faith to our kids, to our friends, to our families, to ourselves. To remind us that you are the living God that sent his son Jesus for our place so that we might have a relationship with you. And oftentimes, Father, we, we neglect the gift that we have. We neglect the gift that we have, and we turn to other things that will not satisfy us. We get into conversations that are not fruitful for your kingdom. And so, Lord, in this moment, we ask that we come into this moment of confession, where we offer up the things that are not been fruitful to you, as you call us into your own as your nation. We pray that we would lift, down, lift up our hearts to you and to share the things that are on our hearts in this moment now. Lord, you are, you are a God of living hope. And that living hope came in the person of Jesus who laid down his life for us and continues to be with us through the resurrection as the one and true king over his kingdom overall. Lord, we thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you for the gospel that continues to move forward, that continues to plant churches, start ministries, care for people. Lord, would you use us as gospel bearers, to be able to bring that good news to people who don't yet know you. Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.